Hello, welcome to the Paul and Griff show. You got myself, Paul, and I'm joined by Griff. Good morning, good afternoon, depending on what time you're listening to this, or it could even be good evening. He's listening to it all the time, really. <laughs> morning, noon, and night. Just listening to it on repeat. Um, <laughs> the Paul and Griff show is your weekly film entertainment. We're going to run down some news. We've got our top six this week. The top six is top six awkward moments in films. That is correct. And also, we're going to dissect the film The Hangover, which kind of spurred awkward moments, even though it's not on the list. It didn't make the list. Um, it did make the list. Well, there's, there's some horrific, horrific moments. So there's some stiff competition. But, um, stiff. but I'm looking forward to that. But we'll get to that later on. But we are going to start off, like we're going to start off every week, and that is this week's film news. Yeah, we've got some film news. And I suppose the big massive story of the week would be the Bill and Ted face the music trailer was landed. I think first we had a poster. And then on the same day... It's a beautiful poster. It is a beautiful poster, apart from the names not being over the correct person's head, but I'll leave it there. No, no, um, no, no, this is important. You, you have to this bugs air, me, air your laundry. This bugs, me your massively. this bugs me massively, especially when there's a movie of only two people, people's names. Obviously, Keanu Reeves is the biggest star of Alex Winter, but because it's Bill and Ted, Alex Winter stands on the left, Ted stands on the right. But above their names, above Alex Winter is Keanu Reeves' name, and above Ted is Alex Winter. It just, it does just bug me. I get it when there's multiple people and it's a bit hard, and people have like, I want to be first on the bill and stuff like that. Um, it's just a little, maybe it's a, I don't know. They could have just had the right person stand underneath it. Um, it's just an easily fixed problem, isn't it? It's an easy fix problem, but it's 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 just a pet peeve. It's just something that I notice, and I'm like, why did you do that? <laughs> I, I feel like on this journey, I want to go find them for as many film posters as I can with this on. Oh, there's loads. And, so people can gradually see you go insane every week. I might try and make it a weekly segment where I just send you a poster where the names are just wrong. <laughs> Watch me go down into a, a slow meltdown yeah. almost just like hold it back and then on the show actually just send you the picture and just we get a natural live reaction every week and just uh, <sighs> the hatred will be there but i'm really excited this is this was a sequel that has been rumored for years um i think ever since probably keanu reeves was coming back into the limelight with the first john wick film he went between the third Matrix film, probably. Um, he had a lot of like miss. He went into a lot of sci-fi films, but ever since his John Wick films, he's been kind of getting back into the limelight. So to actually think this is a was being into production, now is being made. Um, really excited. Unfortunately, obviously we know Rufus is dead in real life. Um, it's one of him, but excited to see William Sadler is returning as Death. Um, yep. Yeah, um, let's just yeah. see how that works. Yeah, I mean, I've watched the trailer a couple of times. I mean, the, the story coming out of it basically is 
the last time we saw them, they were playing the biggest concerts to the whole world. And their yeah. job was meant to be to bring the whole world together with music. Yeah. They're now playing a concert for like 45 people who are only there because they want free tacos, kind of. <laughs> and, it's like, and it's like, where has it all gone wrong? So from what we can gather from the trailer, their plan is to go into the future to find them future selves who have wrote the song already, then they can come back in time and release the song. So their version isn't the isn't the failing. So it's gonna be a lot of lot of time travels. I mean, from the trailer we can see there's gonna be a, a lot of nods to um one and two. I guess that's them in the prison. Yeah. The, the future the self is um yeah. beefed up. <laughs> yeah, there's, a, there's a universe where they're in they're in prison, by the looks of things. Um but yeah, um, I think it's gonna be interesting. I like the fact it's not insulting and it is based, you know, as modern day as it can be. I just again I, I get worried. Is Keanu Reeves too big to go back to this role? Can you see past John Wick and the Matrix and accept him as Ted? Exactly. As that, a... that, that's that's to me the struggle. I mean, he's got the ability, he can pull it off, but that to me is gonna be the struggle. Is he, you know, able in the you know, two hours or whatever it is for you to go back to where you were when you saw Bill and Ted rather than thinking what is because I'm sure Alex Winter would have been up this for, up for this for years uh, <laughs> like desperate for this um, massively but yeah Keanu Reeves um, is obviously the the bigger name um, so yeah we'll see so that land that, that's coming up well, at the moment it's set to release 14th of August um, but a trend, I suppose. We, the most of the film news is about delays or things being released via streaming services. We also got um, a little bit about Wonder Woman 1984. Um, Gal yep. Gadot tweeted herself. It's now being released October 2nd, um, which not surprised. Um, although we, we mentioned... Uh, not on the show, but obviously off, off air at the time that Fast and the Furious straight away went for a 2021 extended release date. And they're probably looking yeah. the safest, the safest bet, really. I mean, yeah, I mean, my thing is, what is, what is the future of cinema at this point? I mean, obviously, America is opening up a lot quicker than other countries. And obviously, they're going to be the main grossing country. So... But this is um, Wonder Woman's very much the saviour of DC at the moment, in my opinion. She, she, she was the biggest hit, I, yeah, I, she, I believe. She's, um, you you want to build I mean, everything that's going on. If they were to build, say, a Justice League, but have Wonder Woman as the lead, that's something that Marvel aren't doing, you know. And her her film was amazing. This film, the trailer, has a very sort of for Ragnarok, in the sense, like with sort of the colours and the and the music, and that is, is not exactly what you'd expect. But then she's also got that kind of Captain America vibe, and she's it's very clever. That. Well, considering that you know she's in the Justice League with your Superman, who they, you just can't get it right with Superman. No one can get a Superman film right. I think just I think a Superman was done so perfectly before. I. I 
whether or not uh, someone tried to do an I Iron don't... Man film in like twenty years' time, we'd probably say the same thing about Iron Man See, films. But... I, I don't know. I think I think the problem is with Superman is the same why they'll never get you know a, a solo Hulk film right. Is you've got a, a character that can't really lose. Yeah, if, if you if you don't have vulnerability, you have no real connection. The connection to Batman is the fact that Batman is just a guy in a suit. He's just a millionaire who's trained in martial arts, but he is just a normal guy in a suit. He has no powers as such. Everything is just made with the money. So he could just get shot and die. Yeah, totally. Or um, you can have Bane break his back. When Superman... And he has died in the comics. I know he's been, there's like three Batmans in the comics. I know, like, so yeah, could be wrong. Bane like, could broke be wrong. his back and he had loads of things. But, but I'm saying that vulnerability makes it so much more interesting. When Superman... The best thing he can do is turn bad and have someone like Batman try to stop him because he's so unstoppable that he he really is like yeah he should be the bad guy he's 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 Thanos do you know what I mean he's and that's I think there's a reason the Justice League that he doesn't come into it till like three quarters of the way into the film because I think if they had him straight away he's he's like the Infinity Gauntlet <laughs> that's what I'm saying but that's, that's what I'm saying imagine if at the beginning of the film, you know, Iron Man picked up the Infinity Gauntlet, in it. And they were like, right, let's go beat him up now. And you think, well, no, because you're light years yeah. against who you're fighting. It, it, you lose all the vulnerability. The, the best thing about the end, Avengers, the end of Infinity War and Endgame and all that is the fact that they got the crap kicked out of them and you were left in a situation where you went, wow, all these heroes... And they could get the job done. But they're just not that good. And now, this person is so much more dominant, it's scary. Oh, to- totally. It was a very, very clever clever move. And you and you can't get that with Superman. No, no. Superman He's... would have been what everyone thought Captain Marvel was gonna be, where it could take on, you know, sort of Thanos one on one and destroy him. And everyone says Kryptonite will kill him. No, Kryptonite just seems to just make him weak. It never kills him. Um, he always seems to get away from it eventually, but that's the thing. It, it's it, it needed. Um, they need something, but that's the problem with Superman. Why it struggles because w- what is it? You know. Yeah. Unless unless it becomes bitter, what can it be? But like I said, Wonder Woman will be does look phenomenal. I think it's going to do extremely well, and she will push forward for. DC and will become the the main star, I reckon, because, because it's something that Marvel aren't offering. Exactly, and there's no secret. I'm a massive, um, I'm a massive Marvel fan over DC, but I'm more excited about a Wonder Woman movie than a Black Widow movie. Exactly. For some reason, for some reason, a Black Widow, or but I could be wrong. Marvel don't seem to get it wrong. There has been films I wasn't excited. I wasn't excited about Ant Man. I wasn't excited about. Doctor Strange, but Wonder Woman excites me more than a Black Widow but, origin story. Yeah, but the thing is, yeah, exactly. I mean, how can you have an origin story when the whole thing's finished now? I'm guessing they give it because it, in the end game you had like Iron Man's big send off, and Black Widow didn't have that kind of big send off. I'm guessing give her own movie to kind of send off. Yeah, but an origin story with everything pumped into Disney Plus 
an eight part series origin story would have been ideal. Yeah, definitely. Be absolutely ideal at Disney Plus. You could have sort of mini adventures, you know, trickling a couple of characters if you wanted, but it would have been it would have been perfect for a mini series on Disney Plus as a Cause... film. Hopefully, you know, like I said, Marvel don't really get it wrong. But... No, because the main problem with Disney Plus now is, is not only is the Marvel films being held up, is these TV shows that were going to be released on Disney Plus are supposed to be tie-ins to the movies. So they're having to be pushed back because otherwise yeah. they're kind of leaving like you waiting for the movie to fill the gap. But obviously there's no point doing that and that movie filling the gap is not to like a year later. Massively. I, I just all their timeline has to push back. Yeah, I just find it really hard to do an origin story once you've shown the end of the story. Oh, couldn't couldn't agree with you more. It's rough. It's rough. Um, we got um, Tom Hanks's Greyhound movie for some reasons coming direct to Apple TV. Tenth of yeah, July, I mean, twenty twenty. Apple TV have made a couple of big plays. They they don't want to dip in. Um, Massively, but they, they sort of throw out things now and again just to rekindle interest. I feel that's what it feels like. Yeah, I don't think they got enough at the moment. The problem, my main problem, problem is, uh, like it's not on the PlayStation, it's not on yeah. the Xbox. It's either on the laptop, or I'm guessing you can get it on a on a Google Stick, on a Google, um, like a Amazon Fire Stick. Well, it's on your phone. That's the thing. It's not. It's on your phone, but obviously, I, I like to watch things on, on a screen. Yeah, it won't. I doubt it very much. It'll be on Apple TV. I doubt very much it'll be on um, Amazon Fire because I don't know. Prime's on there, so I don't know if they would. That's agreed. I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to wait because I was really excited about the trailer. But um, Jay we'll, looks good. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, another like delay. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for this. Christopher Nolan's um, anticipated tenant tenant movie. I haven't seen the trailer for this one. It confuses me. I know Inception was confusing enough. Um, it's supposed to be amazing. I don't know if they pushed it back far enough. They pushed it back now to the 31st of July, where it's supposed to be 15th of July. This is what everyone, my whole timeline, is talking about anticipation for this movie, and they're begging them to release it like at home home viewing, the way like King of Staten Island's been um, released this week. But then I've seen it's like. $20 just to rent it. You don't even keep it. You don't, you don't even keep it. That's, that's crazy. I mean, how um, how do you feel about these? Obviously, Trolls started it, but the, the direct to rental, I guess, films now. I mean, Troll, I understand because obviously we had the whole sort of COVID issue. They wanted to release something. It was a great opportunity to throw it out there so the parents had a brand new movie for the kids. Timing-wise, it made sense. And I think that's the only reason why it's successful, because of the kids wanting to see it. Like, I don't think... The problem with putting it on streaming site is it's easy to... I can... Not that I do this. I can record it and show it to people. It's easier. I know people will hack and people will copy whatever they want to copy. It's more open to... To fraud, well, everyone is speaking. Whereas some films are meant to be seen on the big screen, and well, my, I, I, I get it, but I think it should come with a premium. In the sense that, like, people are 
there's always going to be a bunch of people that want to go to the cinema. Mm. Totally. You know, always. Because it's a whole experience. But are there going to be people that are knocked and don't want to go to the cinema as much now? Maybe for a time. But, you know, cinemas bounce back. You know, Marvel massively helped the cinema. And it's, it's a shame because the cinema... I'd say in the last year, two years, has been on a massive resurgence. I it, think because of superhero not... movies. I know some uh, people, I think so, people yeah. hate them. <sighs> yeah, but no, but it's like you said, these, these, they're releasing films now which have to be seen in the cinema. Well, don't Is have it... to be, but you know what I mean. If, if you're going to watch Endgame, ideally you're going to want to see it in the cinema. Yeah. Deadpool, great film, but you could watch it at home. Totally. You know what I mean? The, the Star Wars films, they're going to be so much bigger in the cinema. This is all Disney. Yeah, they brought Disney. back the they brought back like the definition of blockbuster, the blockbuster movie, like the Jurassic Park movie. Like home video didn't do it justice. That whole the noises, the sound, it, it it's crazy. I just think twenty. I think for your money, twenty dollars. I think you should keep it. Yeah, but then they, they can't. Then DVD releases is nothing. Yeah, I don't know if you get that for a week of this on one show and once you've seen it once. I was going to say, there should be a rental, like Blockbuster Rules, where it's like a three-day rental or something. $20 is a bit steep, but everything's more now, isn't it, I guess? Yeah, and demand, you, and if you, want, if you want it, you want it. That's it, but how, you know, how many times would you watch it in those three days? If you watch it like four times, your kid watches it four times, then suddenly it's not a bad investment. So it's all... No, I completely but agree. But on the same level, you know, you would pay, what, $60 for a, a UFC pay-per-view that lasts three hours. But yeah. $20 for a film that lasts two and a half, because it's not the norm, it's a stigma that comes, you know, people just question it. But for all other events, like I said, like you, you could pay $60 for a UFC card and it's awful. No, look at the but Super for 20, Bowl. Super Bowls, I think that's, that's 75. I, I could be wrong if any but, American listeners want to correct us, but I know it's big money. But I'm saying, but you know, but with a film, at least, you know, there's more of a chance of making it entertaining because you're not relying on chance. So it sounds a lot because you can buy DVDs for so cheap now. Mm. But if you compare it to pay-per-view, which in essence it is, the price point isn't, ludicrous totally. it's just different it's very different than what people are used to and like I said there's, there's certain films I mean there's some films where you know you might just want to whack it on because the cinema timings don't work out with what you want yeah you know, you might especially like I don't remember like I can't remember what film it was but there's loads of people arguing that only certain cinemas were showing certain films yeah um, and if Universal I suppose carry on their argument with the cinemas, um, we may not see, we may not see these universal movies. I, I, I'm sure they'll sort out their differences by then. I think Trolls I mean, was the it... one. I think Trolls World Tour Two was a one-off because of the kids and the timing. And once they see the sales of the other movies come out, they'll know that. Yeah. They'll know that they need to. They need to make peace, and this will stop. This was just a one-off. During COVID nineteen, now it's back to business, back to normality. Otherwise, it could again be 
it could get well. We talk about the death of the cinema again. Well, I, I, what if um, it was a shorter sort of exclusive rights contract? So instead of say having six months or three months between cinema to rental, there was like you know three weeks. Oh, potentially, because seems to be getting shorter. That could well, be. That could be the evolution. Well, me and you were younger, like. I think it didn't. It wasn't a year till it came out on DVD, and and then it was six months, and then it's it's gradually, gradually a film will come out and it's out on DVD to purchase within four months. That that, that gap. I remember. Shortening. I remember um, you'd have independent video stores, and they would obviously have the video copies you could rent. Yeah. But they would then try and sell the rental ones for like eighty pounds or something. Because it you weren't it wasn't coming out to sell for, for like another like seven Blockbuster, months, when, eight months. Yeah, when Blockbuster was open, that was the kind of you couldn't buy these you could only see that if you rented yeah. it. There was none of this guy yeah. box, box office or anything nope. I suppose you've got now. So so independent ones who may have like free copies for rental would then suddenly maybe after a week sell one copy for like 80 pounds or something extortionate but people would buy it i would have bought it people <laughs> love it you'd have bought two <laughs> bought two and invited everyone around i got it i got it I and i would have been it. there and you would have been like i don't know if i want this and i've been like but look how much would you pay for mike tyson versus frank bruno and you can't guarantee that's a good fight and you're like i don't want it and i'm gonna buy it and do you remember they came in these really bigger bulkier boxes like, yeah. yeah, the normal videos, which I don't know, I let's say it's like six inches, like, but whereas these videos came in like eight or nine inch boxes that yeah. stood out like a sore thumb in your collection, and it would have rental copy all over it, which is the only thing that ruined it a little bit, <laughs> is you got that yeah. rental copy, but you got to see it early. Um, yeah, exactly. I, I'm sure they'll um, settle their differences, they have to. Um, it just, it doesn't, doesn't benefit both parties. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. Like prime example, yeah, you take a family to the cinema, husband, um, wife, or whatever, take four kids. Food. That's money. That's money. Yeah, food, popcorn, everything. But just seeing the cinema alone, that's how many tickets that the, the film would make from it. Yeah. Towards the gross and everything at home. You do a twenty pound rental, twenty dollar rental, whatever. That's it, done. Yeah. No more. You're not going to get like a. Uh, Maybe oh, how many people are watching this? Oh, there's five of us. Oh, okay, that'd be a hundred dollar rental then. And certain films, obviously, people don't want to go. It's like teenage markets of like an American Pie. Some people don't go in there because there's more like young kids there making noises, and some people don't like going to them on their own. There's a film that they don't want to. I, that's, that's I can what... see a pro to it. Because there's people. Yeah, well, that's the thing. There's always going to be, say, we're both. But I I think the way it feels it will go in is everything will start in the cinema, but the transition between cinema and watching it at home is going to be a lot smaller. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like I said, three weeks. You know, it's not going to be this massive. You can rent it for like £20 in three weeks. Then in like, you know, six months, it might be on TV for free or whatever. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, the last bit of news we've also got a trailer for coming out in 10 days time when you're hearing this well coming out on 26th of June depending on when you're hearing it Eurovision Song Contest The Story of Fire Saga I know oh. I sort of pushed to bring this up now 
obviously, I've never hidden the fact, people on this show might know, but anyone that listened to our old show, Lazy Hollywood, would know I'm a big fan of like Blades of Glory and things like that. So this to me, this excites me. I, I love a little bit of Eurovision. I do love a little bit of Eurovision. I love a bit of the cheese. I love a bit of the dramatics with it all. I love it. So this this film has massively got my attention. It's the got trailer, Blades of Glory written all over it, hasn't it? It has, and I love that film. Watching the trailer, I don't think I fully understand <laughs> the story. It's gonna, it's gonna be a complete clusterfuck. I know that, but it's gonna warm my heart, and I'm not angry about that at all. The cast is strong, obviously. Like Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams. I think I can make out Piers Brosnan in there. Yep, he's the dad. Yep. Um, coming straight to Netflix, so that's something we don't have to worry about. About the last um, two-hour conversation. Pay, we've had. Yeah. Conversation. Um, it looks really funny, so it's it's refreshing. It's it's something. I mean, Eurovision's always very like it's out there. Everyone's always known it's a little bit of cheese, but no one's really gone for it. This film is going for it. It's it's got. If they tap into that Eurovision market, who watch it with a sense of humour, it's going to be extremely popular. A sense of humour is in asterisks there. A little 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 <laughs> a little yeah, thing no. like. <laughs> I've got a funny thing, and this may take the Mickey out of the Eurovision Song Contest. Which, um... but the Eurovision Song Contest takes the Mickey out of the Eurovision Song Contest. You ever watch it? It's basically just like in, in obviously England, we have Graham Norton talks over it, and he's almost laughing along with the show as it goes. So I think it's part of it. I'm so, very much I'm excited about it. Looking forward to it. And the last bit of, I suppose, news before we go on to our next segment. It is 11 years since we were introduced to the Wolf Pack. So talking about the Wolf Pack, obviously by saying the Wolf Pack, you mean the hangover. And this is a perfect time for us to do our new segment, which is the dissection. And our first film we are going to dissect is the hangover. Um, have you said it's perfect timing because it did come out 11 years ago, which is you know, crazy in itself. It really is. It's, like, I remember, what, I remember watching this in the cinema. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I don't know what didn't. I was seeing. I don't know if I was invited. You guys just went without me. <laughs> I, think I, think, I think that's the main truth. And then I just sulked and I'm like, I don't want to watch it anyway. You realise you weren't in the wolf pack. I left to check my. <laughs> I, I left. I left to check my Facebook stories for like what I was doing on the twelfth of June, two thousand nine. Um, oh, got let which, us know next week. Which was the release date? It, um, right. So basically, with the uh, first section, we're going to break this film down a little bit. Totally. We're not really going to go. We're not going to go into a review as such, just purely opinions. But we want to basically talk about obviously release date budget the grossing you know tagline synopsis we're just going to delve a little bit into the film what some of the people have done prior now just how much it's influenced totally um first off mr griff what was the budget for this film the budget was a measly um (laughs) i have to compare 35 million dollars which is a lot, but isn't a lot. It's a lot when we get to the cast about what they've done before. Um, Very true. I, I, I think it's quite a lot, but I suppose 
the director and writing team have done some stuff before. It went on to make a, a very, very respectful $469,310,837 dollars. That is a tasty profit. It is a tasty profit. I got my twelve pounds included in that, and not mine. Oh, unless it's deep now, it's not DVD sales. Uh, it was. Do you know it's initially called "What Happens in Vegas"? Yeah, I, I saw that. I, I, you How know, do you I, feel about that title? I don't think it has the same appeal. That feels much more of a comedy, a, a romantic comedy. Yeah, it's a romantic comedy. You know, and it just, uh, the hangover just straight away lets you know, just boom, alcohol fueled. Everyone remembers, everyone remembers waking up the day after and trying to piece together the night before. And also, as a franchise, if it's called What Happened in Vegas, they wouldn't have had two and three. No, no. It It would have been really hard. It would have been. I think The Hangover was perfect. You could argue with that title. Hangover 3 shouldn't have happened. Because they really build on it. But um, but you can understand why they would. Okay, but, but when you see it made uh, over 10 times its budget, there was no wonder we got a sequel. There was no wonder at all while they strike when they are up. There was even room, there was even talks. I think I read up that a sequel was already in the works before it got released. Yeah. They were I mean, that confident they had a hit on their hands. You've got to think, although like part two and three sort of had mixed reviews, the, 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 the combined gross estimate for the three films is 1.4 billion. That's ridiculous. Plus. I think two would have got better reviews as a standalone movie if we never saw number one. Because we just got a carbon copy, different location, different. If that was what we got, it would probably get just as bigger. It's the same, right? Um, <laughs> change a baby yeah, for yeah. a monkey, change the Vegas to. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of two. I liked it. Well, I was desperate. I had the first for it, and it, it made me laugh again. You know, you could say the same thing about sort of Jackass one, two, three, and four, and. Oh, totally. It's the same film. But if, if the first is there for slightly new content, it's good. But before we get too much into breaking it down, what's the synopsis for people that haven't seen The Hangover? Just break down the story a bit for them here. So basically, when three friends finally come to after a ferocious night of bachelor party revelry, they find a baby in the closet and a tiger in the bathroom, but they can't seem to locate their best friend, Doug, who's supposed to be tying the knot, launching a frantic search for Doug, the trio preserves for a nasty hangover to try and make it to the church in time. See, that just it just sounds appealing. You can't forget there's a wedding involved, don't you? <sighs> yeah, sort of basis for the whole story, but yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, it was written by um, John Lucas and Scott Moore, who before this were known for... They wrote a film called Before Christmases with Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn. Also, Ghost of Christmas Past with Matthew McConaughey and Jennifer Garner. Now, after the success of The Hangover, they did go on to kind of, I think they, they didn't write the next two, but they had, it was their characters. They wrote 21 and Over, 
and bad mums, which are also kind of like drunken kind of stories. Obviously, this being the main hit than their previous films, they thought they were onto something. So I think they stuck with the whole drunken story writing stuff. But you can get this. It's, it's, it's no different than most, isn't it? I mean, you stick with your genre a lot of the time, don't you? Exactly. You strike with the iron hot. Uh, it's directed by Todd Phillips, who's notable for directing. I suppose we should mention Hangover being your like favourite comedy, whereas Road Trip is mine. Road Trip, Road Trip here. Old School's mine. He did direct. So Todd Phillips directed Road Trip, Old School, all three Hangover movies, and he even directed Joker. And coming up soon, an untitled Hulk Hogan biopic. Yeah, that's that's it into. Um... A lot of problems over the Hogan films, don't like it's going ahead at the moment, I don't think. I can I can only imagine. Do you know who's um supposed to be playing Hulk Hogan? Isn't it supposed to be four? Um Chris Hemsworth, yeah. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. I don't know about That'd be crazy, right? You know <laughs> Well you know something, <laughs> bro. He brings he brings the um he'll bring the people to, to the seats. See, that's going to be really interesting because Hogan is like known for e- exaggerating stories. Mm. So, um, without being completely sidetracked, he like would tell people he was nearly the bassist for Metallica and stuff like this. It'd so, be interesting how how they um, how they tackle so you, that. You, that's the thing. You can go to like reality where it's just you know blah blah wrestler. Thunder in Paradise wrestler, yeah. Or you could probably go to the false like Hogan's like stories over the years and have this wild film where he's nearly the basis for Metallica and all this stuff. A bit like, I guess, like Forrest Gump. Yeah. He's teaching Elvis how to dance and all that sort of, and Hogan takes credit for everything that ever happened in the world. Probably. Do you know what I mean? No, it's got, but it depends where he's at. If he wants to keep it serious, it's going to be very like sort of nothing. But if you allow some of the crazy stories to be portrayed, it could have a weird kind of wrestler, Foresty Gump kind of vibe to it. No, but that'd be it'd be interesting. I'll definitely give it a watch. Oh yeah, if it ever happens. But like you said, very interesting that um, Todd Phillips is the director. Obviously, Hangover, which you know. On the, the Lazy Hollywood, I, I stated is my favourite comedy film. Old School, you stated, was your favourite comedy film. It's kind of crazy to think it's actually the same director. It is, and it's got the magic. I suppose the only thing that ties them together, really, is the, is the, ba- the wedding band at the end. Oh, for us. No, and us. Sorry. And us. I mean, it's brought us closer together now. <laughs> it's definitely brought us, us together. Um, it, just the magic of... Yeah, same band, yeah? Old School and um, yeah, Hangover. Great band. Great band. Uh, cast... um, yeah, I was going to say casting. Go for that quickly. Casting. Um, so the cast... I'm going to mess this up, so I do apologise. Zach. Yeah, Zach. Gaffanakis as Alan. Um, working out, it's probably his biggest movie starring role. And I think his career really, really launched off after this. He did the other two Hangover movies. He was in Due Date with Robbie Downey Jr. He voiced the Joker in the Lego Batman movie. Lego <laughs> Batman's a 
Lego Batman's a great movie. It is a great movie. I went to cinema and see it. I did I did pay to with my limitless card, but I didn't pay. Um, but yeah, I did go see that on the big screen. Yeah, that was on um Skylight every day for about a month I watched it like, all the time. And I read a little bit that like if you if kids go up to him in the street and say how funny the hangover is, he has a go at the parents because they shouldn't have been allowed to watch it. I like that a little bit. <laughs> I like that a little bit of um Trivia. He was in some oh, film as well with Will Ferrell where they're both trying to be president or the campaign. That rings a bell. Yes, yes. The campaign. Um the, the problem is is you're you're almost like your first film's your your most successful, like, you know. Yeah. Harrison Ford's always gonna be Han Solo or an Air Jones, no matter what he does. Yeah, you can't he he can't escape being being Alan. Not it didn't help that he's done another two films being Alan. But, yeah, but it's it's just the way it is. You can't. It's it's you know it's not bad because Alan's a tremendous character, but he's always there's always going to be eighty five percent, maybe ninety percent of people always say, "Hey, Alan from the Hangover," like, "Hey, it's Han Solo," or yeah. you know, "Hey, it's Harry Potter." It's just the way it is. When you're involved in such a successful franchise, you just book. It is what it is. Totally. Uh, we had Bradley Cooper as Phil. First yep. on screen role was um in Sex and the City. Which was oh. crazy. Um, he's known mainly before that as Sack Lodge and Wedding Crashes, the jock boyfriend. I don't remember him when he crashes. You don't remember him when he crashes? He was the book, the sack sandwich. He, he's he's the he shoots um Vince Vaughn in the arse when they're pigeon shoot the pigeon are hunting. Is that him? That's him. A sack a sack lodge oh, without without wow. without the kind of curtains hair. That was his kind of big breakthrough. He did have a pass. His big breakthrough role. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Obviously, right? um, Lady Gaga did Star Is Born. Star Is Born. Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, and he was. Um, I think he was Murdoch in the A Team. Yeah, that that went well. And Rocket in Guns Galaxy movies and event it's crazy how you never see him or Vin Diesel on any of these promotional things, promotional tours. They they don't have to do any of that for some reason, just because it's their voice. There might be part of the agreement though, they might like it. I would. <laughs> just walk through the back. Um read Bradley Cooper, like, even though he's in the hangover, he's completely been teetotal since he was twenty nine years old. Oh. Doesn't touch a drop. Every the time he went to Vegas and lost his friend. <laughs> you wouldn't drink again, would you? No. Um, Ed Helms, you, as Stu, which you would probably know, because I know you're a massive fan of the American Office. Yeah, I mean, I like the American Office. It gets, it gets a lot of heat, but they, they came into their own in the end. So is he the American Office's version of Finchie? Um... <sighs> go back and watch I haven't seen the English office in ages Finchie was um, his mate that visits every now and then he's always like oh that's blockbusters and he's all like shagging everything and being the big I am and and um, what do you call him David Brent looks up look up to him all the time I don't know if he was their equivalent I know he went on to did he go on to replace my name now the main man in the American office Steve Carroll Trying to think, so I'm trying to think where I fell out with the American office. I got into it for ages. There was a couple around the beginning was too similar to the UK. 
around the middle it got really cool and by the end it became sort of harder to watch over here yeah i pulled out at the beginning because it was like the the english office i know i know that you say i should stick to it which i'll get there's just so many episodes it's crazy it was, it's, it's a miracle like they go the other way didn't they 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 we try to get out while it's still hot and people beg for more and they just drive it into the every little sort of dropout in Massively. He was also um after the hangover went on to star in Vacation as Clark Griswold's son. I don't know if you saw the new vacation movie. I thought it was actually not too bad. Yeah, obviously I saw the, the National Lampoons. Again, I, I enjoy a lot of those films. I never I never saw that one. It's it's on my list of something that I wanna see, but I never um I never got into it. I was worried. I didn't know if they'd left it too long to do a new sort of vacation film. I thought it was just clever. They didn't have, because he is getting a little bit old now. Old Clark Griswold. So it was interesting that he only had a cameo because it's really his son. I've loved it. Oh, Wally World. And I do, yeah, I do, I do love those, those movies. Yeah, and Christmas seen... Vacation is the best. Chris Vacation is, is the best. Uh, he was also in Tag, and you can watch him now in the latest Netflix movie, Coffee and Kareem, which I haven't seen. Justin Barfer was cast as Doug. Who cares about Doug? We'll move on. <laughs> <Has he? laughs> That's literally my notes. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think where he actually really did. I don't really... I, I don't think... Uh, so, go on to the next character. So we say the wolf pack, right? So yeah. is the wolf pack Alan, Phil, Stu and Doug? Or is the wolf pack Alan, Stu, Phil and Chow? Uh, it's, it's not Chow. You don't think Chow's part of it? No. Through his success of the first one, he was massive in, in a yeah, much bigger Wolfpack. role. Wolfpack's, Wolfpack's the four. He, he's friends of the Wolfpack, but he's not. He's tried to kill him too many times. He can't be. He has tried to kill him. I'm just going to have a look. Justin Barfer, what have you been in? Most known for The Hangover, National Treasure, <laughs> National Treasure, Book of... Doesn't finish what it's called. Uh, Geekly. Oh, my God, I remember that. That was old Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck when they were dating. I'm told never to touch that movie. Uh, he's in a few post-production films, Sweet Girl, Dear Zoe. Oh, he's, he's a busy boy. Obviously not made the kind of massive success as the others, but then I suppose he's got a smaller... He's got a smaller role, which kind of makes sense. Uh, oh. The only casting, as I said, is Ken, Ken Jong as Mr Chow. He played numerous cameos in hit comedies. I know him in... Oh, what was that film? Not, not called Grown Ups. What was that film where Paul Rudd and oh, Stifler? Oh, um, me now. Uh, role models. Role models. Role yeah. models. He, he played the king in role models. He, he pops up in loads of little cameos. He was even even the film I saw the other day with Dave Bautista in his new Amazon Prime movie. I don't, the, like the Spy Kid one. Yeah, he's um, Batista's boss in it. So oh, okay. he, he gets about everywhere. Obviously, over here, we now know him from The Masked Singer. And he also does The Masked Singer in the US. I like The Masked Singer, but it's not really relevant, I guess. 
I enjoyed the Masked Singer. It was kind yeah. of, it was good. I was, I was, I was very. Um, I think the only person I did get was Teddy Sheringham, which I was kind of proud of. I thought it was Peter Shilton, but um, American listeners probably won't understand who with them are. But yeah, no, nah, I like the Masked Singer. I thought it was quite good. American one, they had like Seal and all people like that on. Yeah, I'm excited. They, I think I've got it to record a couple of episodes. No, it's not spoilers. Now they're sharing it over here. Oh. Just waiting for him to save up and then um, give him a watch. Oh, be a good little um, watch. I'll get into that. That's the um, main yeah, cast. No. Yeah. I know people like said like Lohan was nearly in it. I saw that. But they, they changed their mind because they thought she might have been too young for the role. So I, I think, was, was she, was she going to be like the Heather Graham role? Yeah, she was basically tagged to be Heather Graham. They decided she might have been like too young, so I think they decided and end up turning it down. And I think she saw, I'm not sure if I saw something that she regretted not being in it because obviously it's a massive film. It is a massive film and a massive mistake to, to turn it down. I don't uh, know if she <sighs> turned it down or they turned her down because I think, I'm not sure if they sort of thought maybe we shouldn't. I don't know how old she would have been then, but it would have been, I guess, 20 or something. Yeah, I get you. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, well, how do you think it influenced I think it inf- everything? I think it, influenced, I think it influenced loads. Like, American Pie influenced, I suppose, the young teen, like, we had Road Chip Follow, and all those kind of young teen groups. I think this... This really changed the not buddies comedies, but alcohol filled comedies like Bridesmaids. Yeah, I was, was going to say it had the it had this sort of drunken. It kind of filled the drunken comedy. I feel like done correctly because you, yeah, you've like had all the drunken characters. Yeah, you've had drunken characters, which very people, but you never had that drunken comedy. And this is this is like a clever film. It was it was a film completely. Based around what you didn't see, and, and I like it was that. kind of really, yeah. You, you never obviously got the photos in the um, the, and I think the photos but, is a genius, genius idea. Yeah, amazing to watch what the credits, but it is very much it was so cleverly done, and it's a film that you didn't see, you know, because the real story and the crazy stuff that would make the crazy film you, you haven't actually seen. It, it's 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 just very cleverly done. And it's the little things. Obviously, once you've seen it the first time, you kind of spot them, but obviously you never realise that Bradley Cooper's got a hospital thing on his on his wrist. There's so much going on. It's and so much... Cool. It's just there's, really, there's only it's two and you go back and... Yeah. They're really trying to piece together this... Rather than a who done it, it's more of a what did we do? <laughs> What did we do? Oh, massively. And, that, and that whole that whole shot with just the tiger in in the bathroom is just what the hell? And I read apparently the DVD commentary. There's a chicken in the room as well, and they were going to do a bit, of, I suppose, where they brought the chicken to the room because they were going to feed it to the tiger. I'd love to see that deleted scene if they ever did go over with that. It was just you've got Mike Tyson. Yeah, my cousin hadn't been seen for a while. Nah, not at all. Never since his um, face tattoo. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I went back and and watched bits of the film. I know you did as well. And um, yeah, Mike Tyson's 
was slightly bigger then. Yeah, he was a bit of a man. I've, I've read apparently he, he did the film to fuel his drug habit, uh, and he's even high while filming the scene. Allegedly, yeah, allegedly, and then um, <laughs> filming made him, and then filming made him change his lifestyle. I do remember. I know we're talking about the Hangover, but I do remember a lot of controversy after this in the Hangover Two when um, Stu gets the face tattoo that Mike Tyson's tattoo artist wanted to sue because of Stu. it. Wanted to sue Stu. Wanted to sue Stu. Um, yeah, because yeah, it was he, his artwork, wouldn't it? I remember it. It was and his artwork. They didn't have the right to use it. But when he when he when he punches Alan, it's just <laughs> you just don't see it coming. Oh, it's, it's so crazy, and there's so many crazy moments in this. But like I said, number two has some absolute insane moments as well. So it really does. I, I could I can remember a lot of two. I can't remember a lot. The three I remember the giraffe. <laughs> the giraffe is three. The what's port, the, the one with um? Oh. Where they get electrocuted. Is that free? I think that's free. I think that's free. See, that's hilarious. As I say, that's hilarious. Choosing trying to choosing they're trying to find the guy, sure. ain't he? Yeah. Two's in Bangkok. Two's got the best um photos, like the, the end credit photos. Yeah, and uh, Mike Tyson singing at the wedding. Mike Tyson singing at the wedding. Yeah, I mean, I know it's just meant to obviously talk about the hangover, but you can't talk about one without talking about the other two. But I think it's a fantastic franchise. I think it, um, personally, I think it, I don't want to say it changed the game, but like you said, it had drunken adventures and it led to things like Bridesmaids and, and films like that that I don't think wouldn't have happened if it, you know, it feels like this didn't make it acceptable. It kind of, I think it's one of those movies like your mates come around like let's whack on Hangover. It was. It's one of those. It's an easy watching uh, comedy. Yeah. Way ahead of its time. It was fresh. I think it it was. It was really fresh. fresh. It was fresh. It was. It was fresh because you know a lot of people had like you know drunken nights and a lot of people. You know, I'd always imagined having a night like this where it was so wild and it allowed you to step into that and be like, wow. Could you imagine if we did this? And it, it had that sort of connection that people enjoyed. And that's that's why people liked it so much because you would be sitting there with your mates laughing, thinking, oh my God, could you imagine if we went to Vegas and what would fucking happen? And the truth is you sit in the room and play cards, but you like the idea of... You know, you lose your mate on the roof and everything like that. And the fact, that's even good. I mean, spoilers, you haven't seen it, but we're in too deep now. You know, the fact that you, you lose your mate for the whole film, then you find out that he's just where you left him on the roof. We all started. Totally. And there's even a clue, like, early on that someone shuts shut their bed out and that you could appear. Yeah. Not that anyone, everyone's just so enthralled in the story. Yeah, but that's, that's it, though. It's, it's a good second and third watch because you always go back and, it's like um, Unusual Suspects where you go back and you sort of you, you see how many hints were there before you actually got to the ending. Yeah, totally. Um, but obviously it is crazy, it is awkward and it takes us into our top six awkward moments. The way we do this is quite simple. We have the same six films, scenes, songs, whatever we are doing and we have to put them in our own 
order and we see how close we do it. So obviously six being the bottom, one being the top. We start off six, five, four, and we compare, and then we go to three, two, one, we compare. Simple as that. Simples. And this week is the six most awkward moments in film. Um should we read out all the moments first and then go through or yeah we'll read out all the moments first and then we'll 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 go back and um we'll we'll do our bottom bottom three then top three. So we've got um something about Mary, the um zipper scene, yeah. uh, American Pie, the apple pie scene, mm-hmm. clerks, I suppose I titled it Dead Guy Fuck. Yeah, in the toilet, yeah. Van Wilder, the dog pastry, super bad. Boob punch and yeah. bridesmaids, the upset stomach. So I will start with my six to four, start off with, and then you can do your six to four. Does that work? Go for it. So at number six, I went for super bad, the boob punch. Um, reason being, it had potential to be awkward. It all just happened so fast and they moved on so fast. The it didn't feel it as awkward as it could have been. Yeah. So that's why sort of I feel like it got such a low thing. For number five, I went for Van Wilder, the dog pastry, because it's horrendous and can make you gag. It's awful to watch, but I didn't find it. I couldn't find it fully awkward. I found it more disgusting. Yeah. So it was, it was a weird kind of, it was awkward for them, but I don't know if it was awkward for me. It was kind of, I don't know what the lines was. Okay, yeah. In, um, number four, I went for Bridesmaids, The Upset Stomach. Um, again, if you haven't seen Bridesmaids, you don't want to see Bridesmaids, still worth hunting out this scene because it is just, it's just carnage. And you, you rarely see women sort of portrayed in films like this. Yeah. And it was sort of, I'll say refreshing because it was, you know, quite gross in parts, but it was sort of refreshing because it was just, it just felt a, a different sort of role. And, um, yeah, but that was fucking disgraceful, that scene. And uh, <laughs> that was my six to five. What have you got? Uh, kind of similar. Um, kind of di- a little bit different. So I, I, I went sick, I went super bad, boob punch. Yeah. It, it, it does kind of go very quickly. She they could, they, they could she have made make it, a big thing about yeah, it. They could have made it bigger. They, they could have made it bigger. Uh, then went for American Pie. Oh, Pie really? Fuck. I think because I'm really, I think, I think if you asked me just after American Pie came out, I probably would put that kind of top line. I've never seen stuff before, but I suppose I've seen so much stuff, even things on this list. I suppose him fucking a pie is just kind of he's just weird rather than awkward <laughs> if that makes sense uh, I then went for also Van Wilder yeah in fourth place it's just just a bit wrong really if you haven't seen the dog pastry scene um, you, you can just google it, it, it it's on YouTube yeah. they don't they don't um Put any punches. Just be careful what you're eating when you watch it. Yeah. I literally, uh, I literally just, just finished watching a chocolate eclair 
first started watching it today. <laughs> that could have gone horribly wrong. That's a true story. Um, all right, my number three, I went for Clerks, uh, Dead Guy, Fuck. For those who haven't seen Clerks, obviously, good film, watch it first and foremost. But yeah, basically, his girlfriend comes out bragging about this amazing sex they just had in the toilet, how he didn't say anything, he didn't move. It was just like she did all the work and she was totally in control and he just sat there and took it all and all these kind of things. And he basically, he's like, I was not in the toilet. And they basically find out it was a dead guy in there. <laughs> that's, that's the quick version, right? That's a very quick version. For those who haven't seen it. Um, number two, I went for America Pie, Apple Pie. Reason being, like, it's one of those, because the scene's, like, so famous, you kind of find yourself detracting for what it actually is. This guy's dad walks in as he's on the counter, um, fucking his pie. They then, if that's not awkward enough, they then cut to the pie in a bowl on the table with him just staring at this pie. <laughs> And basically say, we'll just tell your mum, like, you know, the, the dog at it and all this stuff. And it's just, it's just the, oh. They, can't, they shot that twice. I remember, like, there's two versions, isn't there? And one DVD, he's, one DVD, he's standing up, shagging yep. the pie. And one, one, he's actually on top of a table, like, mounting yeah. the pie, should I say. That's the thing. It's just the idea of it would just be, oh, my God, it'd be absolutely horrific. And... Number one, it's just the most awkward. I don't know if it's a, a guy thing or what, but number one for me is something about Mary, the zipper scene. It's just, like, horrendous. <laughs> just being caught in that situation on the date, um, the family coming in. We got a bleeder. Uh, uh, Frank and the Bean, it's just everything. So yeah, it's wrong. So that had to be my number one. What's what's the rest of yours uh, three to one? Uh, three went bridesmaids. Uh, yep. I love the I love the build up. Yeah, just go straight into it. You can see they're all sweating. Um, it's just it's just grotesque about seeing the thing. And when she runs out and actually has to go in the road, you just you just feel the relief with her. Um, I find, I just find that so funny. Two, I went. Clerks, the dead fuck guy. Yeah. Uh, if anyone wants to know, like, what happened to her, I think I swear I bought a comic where they break her out of the mental home because obviously in the film she goes into the back of an ambulance because she's just fucked a dead guy. And yep. I swear there's a comic out there, Genocide of Bob, where they actually break her out of the mental institution. That that that's just weird. That's a non-visual, like like the Hangover. That's what you don't see. It's just a bit. Oh my god, she's gone in there. You didn't find out they keep a boner when they die, and she actually, yeah. <laughs> and number one, like you say, it has to be something about Mary with the zipper. No, no guy must watch that scene and kind of oh, grab grab their groin and kind of shudder uh, horribly. It, and I swear there's scenes. I think there's scenes where they never show it, but there's the odd one where you get a flash of it real. I, I was going to say that's that's the thing that kills it is the fact that the whole time it's just like. You're hearing how bad this is, and you're just sitting there thinking, "Oh no, 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 no," and then um, eventually they just sort of just show you it, and you just think, "For the love of God!" It's just like they're all laughing, but everyone comes in and went, "Oh my God, how'd you get the Frank above the beams? <laughs> this is gonna hurt, kid. 
we got a bleeder. Um, absolutely oh, rotten. I love, love the film. Many, many people remember that film for the old um, come in the hair scene, but oh, I'm sorry, the, the zipper scene is... Um... I think the zipper scene takes it. I really do. I think it's, um, it's, it's the biggest scene. I don't think any film's done anything like that. I don't think they should. And Ben Stiller, ben Stiller sells it well. Really he does. Well. He he generally his acting in that scene is is amazing. He, he's complete like so scared and you know I'm in trouble, I'm in yeah. trouble, and it just came across so perfect with people sort of almost laughing and shot, and he's just like I'm in trouble, and yeah, uh, yeah it's great. But um, yeah, so there are um, top six awkward moments. Obviously on Instagram or Twitter, get involved. If you have ones that we left out that you're sitting there screaming, going, you call that a top six. How could you forget, you know, this? How could you forget um, Hall Pass when she sneezes in the toilet? How can you forget these things? A hall Pass, I just remember them shitting in the golf course. Oh, that's shitting, ain't it? It is. That's what the, <laughs> do you remember? That was the scene, wasn't it, when she sneezed and she shit all over the wall? <laughs> Yeah, but then I thought it was, again, it's awkward or horrific. But <laughs> it's, just, yeah, it's, disgusting. it's not disgusting. It's art. It's just, it's just a lost art. in the cab and he's like, just take her anywhere she wants. <laughs> but um, yeah, so obviously with social media, get involved. Obviously, massive change of format. Thank you very much for the love and support we've had so far. And we look forward to continuing to grow with you all. And Griff, Griff, if people wanted to find us on Instagram, how could they find us? On Instagram, they can search for us at Paul and Griff Show. If they want to true. find us on Twitter, they can find us at Paul N Griff Show. It's a long story, but just in case you don't go back through the archives, Twitter won't let me have as many characters. Oh, it's a heartbreaking and story. If they want to find you at home. Want to find me at home? I am at AFC <laughs> Film Geek and I'm doing a charity run where, in support of Show Racism the Red Card, I will be watching eight movies on the 24th of June by eight black directors back to back in one foul run. So, if you would like to donate, you can find me at AFC Film Geek. Please donate. I will be tweeting along all day long. It's going to be, I'm quite looking forward to it. That's the thing, so obviously make sure you get involved with that because it is an amazing thing to help and get involved with and also obviously follow the Paul and Griff show because they'll be probably retweeting a lot of the your um, AFC tweets as well, isn't it, I'd imagine. Definitely so, definitely so. Definitely so. Um, that brings us to the end of this show. Thank you so much for listening. We will be announcing what we'll be dissecting next week on our social media pages. So... That's where you'll hear it first. Catch you later, everyone. Make sure you stay safe and see you next time. Stay out of awkwardness. See ya. Bye.